Here's the latest for Pembrokeshire. 29 new coronavirus cases recorded in the Heweldar Health Board area according to yesterday's figures. Public Health Wales data showed that there were 19 new cases in Carmarthenshire, one in Ceredigion and nine in Pembrokeshire. No new COVID-19 related deaths have been recorded in the Heweldar area with a total of 481 for the duration of the pandemic. Across Wales, 535 new cases were confirmed with no new COVID-19 deaths reported. The total number of cases in Wales is now 219,833 with 5,575 deaths. A 31-year-old man has been charged with two counts of disclosing a private sexual photograph or film without the consent of the individuals who appeared in that photograph or film with the intention of causing distress. Joel Tanty appeared before Haverford West Magistrates on June 30th. He pleaded not guilty to both charges and was given unconditional bail to return to the same court on August 2nd for trial. A 29-year-old man who drove with cannabis in his system has lost his licence for a year. Kino Wakeman of the High Street in Jamestown appeared before magistrates in Haverford West on June 29th. He admitted driving a Honda Civic in Lamphy on December with above the legal limit of cannabis in his blood. In addition to the driving disqualification, he was ordered to pay a total of £239, made up of a £120 fine, costs of £85 and a £34 surcharge. Plans for a gradual increase in dental services could mean that people in Pembrokeshire will soon be able to access more routine appointments. The county's dentists have been busy trying to catch up with the backlog caused by the coronavirus pandemic when all routine dental services were halted. With the number of emergency cases being dealt with now returning to pre-pandemic levels, practices are hoping to be able to address the treatment backlog. Health Minister Alunid Morgan has set out a path for a gradual increase in routine dental services in Wales and her commitment to the wider reform of NHS dentistry, but she added that changes to the NHS dentistry contracts will be postponed until next year to allow the service to recover from the impact of the pandemic. She said the way people have accessed dental services during the pandemic has changed, but NHS dentistry services have continued to be there for those who need it most. Since the beginning of the pandemic, dentists have seen more than 1.3 million people in practices across Wales and provided 340,000 consultations remotely via phone or video. Pain relief and antibiotics have continued to be prescribed where necessary. But the health minister has said the return of other routine dental services will be gradual as teams focus on the most urgent work and people who have had treatment delayed. Cardigan Castle has unveiled plans for a series of live shows this summer featuring acts ranging from rock and pop to country and classical. First up is the Welsh Whisperer on July 9th with his unique take on life in the countryside, followed by a night of opera music on the 16th of July by Stefan Lloyd Owen. There are performances from top tribute acts Stereosonics on August 14th and Hullabaloo Muse Tribute on August 20th, with the latter supported by local singer-songwriter Becky the Bullet Thomas. The audience will be seated for the concerts with tickets sold in groups of four or six and each group will be provided with a table for the evening. Food and drinks will be served to the tables throughout the evening for each concert and tickets which go sale one month prior to each concert can be purchased at www.cardigancastle.com. I'm Charlie James and that's the latest for Pembrokeshire. West is best on Pure West Radio.
And a very good evening and welcome back to Pure West Sport on a Monday evening. And you will now see if you're on Facebook that we are live on Pure West Radio on the Facebook. So do join the conversation. And I am joined this evening. I'm disappointed he's not wearing the medal around his neck, but Fraser Watson and sporting a very fancy shirt. We've got Bill Kahn with us. Good evening, both. Hello. How are you, young fella? Nice to see you. I'm very well. And... uh, Fraser, where where is it? <laughs> it, it it's packed away. It's, it's good weekend, long day yesterday. Actually, uh, rain delayed, and and you know, I'm not here to brag or blow. A, a good final to fair start. Paul, a, a great cricket club. I think Bill will agree. He's been involved with them in the past. It was a long day. It was slightly unfortunate the way things turned out with, with a lot of rain about and delays, but. Um, you know, Simon Bev and, and Stapford pushed us all the way. It was a good final and I'm pleased to have won it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll cover this uh, a little bit later on before nine o'clock as well. No yeah, time. not too much though, Tom. <laughs> no, just, no, we... just bear in mind, I watched some of the game. My old club, one of my old clubs, who were playing and it was a cracking game played in the right spirit by both teams. I can't mm. fault it. I have to go on air and say well done to Fraser. Thank you, say, in, well, no phrase I have to say now. They're a specialist batsmen, they're a specialist bowlers, they're a specialist wicketkeepers, and specialist fielders. And Fraser is, as a specialist fielder, was the best on the field there. Two or three good catches, some good stops. I'd have him in my team if I one needed a specialist fielder. So, well done on winning a competition where there were five teams taking part. It's still, still a win, it's still trophies yeah. for the club. So, well done, Fraser. Uh, I look forward to you showing me a medal later in the week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate that, Bill. I just, I just do want to actually touch on something. I'm sure Bill will agree with as well. I think um, just want to wait to Richard McKay. He's obviously so, so influential on staff. Mm. missed out yesterday and this season because so some difficult personal circumstances at home. And and you know, I think the occasion yesterday deserved a player like him. And and you know, we wish him all the best as well. Yeah, I'd second that. My thoughts go out. I remember Richard as a firebrand as a young cricketer, and he's turned into as good a club member as any club could have. Typifies all that's been right in Stackpole all the years that I was involved with them, and we are thinking of him, praise, aren't we? That's lovely. I think the sentiments mm-hmm. of everyone here at Pure West Sport, Gordon and Ben included, who aren't oh, with us this evening. But can as, I also say as well, sorry, Tom, you go for it. at 8 o'clock tonight, I would have been, if I hadn't been here, been out clapping the NHS in our street, despite the rain, because of the 73-year period. And if you don't mind, I'm just going to clap quietly for a little bit of time to show, because I know better than most of late, as you know, how good the NHS is. So you carry on, and I'm just going to have a quiet little clap. <laughs> Yeah. No, I think we can we can all get behind that. Come on, Fraser, get those hands together. I yeah, can't yeah. <laughs> but no, so, yes, right. seventy three years of the NHS, and yeah, we're we're, mm. we're very lucky to have them. Particularly, we've got Bill Calm with us right now, uh, as, oh, as as we reported here on Pure Sport. It's very grateful to to have you here because of some of the services of the NHS oh. and uh, awarded uh, the Saint George's Cross from Her Majesty today as well in uh, in memory of it, which is fantastic. Sports. We've just listened to Ben Stone talking about Euro 2020. Do you, uh, Fraser, what, what, what's, what's your reflection on what, uh, what Mr Stone was saying about the England team and what are their chances going forward? Look, as an England fan, he's got every right to be excited. You know, I, I think this, this should have been Ukraine, whatever, but the, the manner in which they put them away was very impressive. They've got exciting options, you know, and, and still going forward, Gareth Southgate 
it's not like he has nailed on 11. You go into that Denmark game now, and Denmark will still be guessing. And, and I think Southgate has been superb. He, he hasn't bowed to criticism or pressure. He's he very much his own man. He's tinkered what he thinks needs to be tinkered with. And um, and look, I, I would be amazed if it wasn't now an England final against against Italy or Spain. You know, you, you have to give him kudos for that. They, they've been very good. Yes, they're at home advantage, but then they went to Rome and put Ukraine. Harry Kane, vital for him to have him back in scoring touch as well. Like on top of the, the way they've been creating is big. And, and you've got to credit the back as well. Jordan Pickford, five team sheets in a row. So, yeah, it pains me to agree with, with Mr. Stone and, and to embellish his excitement. But, yeah, they've got every chance now. Yeah, Bill Carr. Yeah. Well, I'd say, you know, that I'm glad he's not here tonight. I mean, that the nicest way Cornwall is benefiting from him. We're missing him. Because, <laughs> by God, he would have gone on. But I echo everything he said there about Southgate. Um, I still got reservations about one or two in the team, but I think Southgate. I really think I don't have phrases. It's, it's time now they buried the pictures of Southgate missing the penalty all those years ago. I'm sick of seeing that. Now we got the message, but well done to Gareth Southgate and well done to England. Like Fraser, I, I can see them playing Italy. Perhaps if they get the final, Denmark and no mucks. Yeah, I I'll, tip, I'll tip Denmark now, which give England a big chance. But I have to say. Fraser and Gordon and Ben were right last week because I thought Germany would beat England. But there we are, eight. Some of us get it right, some get it wrong. Well, of course, Denmark are fulfilling the fairy tale role that Wales occupied yeah, five years ago, and they're, they're running off the back of Christian Eriksen's heart attack on the pitch, and they're still riding high. Wales only got to semi finals. Do you think Denmark are going to push them? Because they're, they're a physical team, um, particularly Christiansen. He's able to bounce players off. Do you? Yeah. I'm interested to see how England are going to fare with that. I think it, it goes further than being a physical team. They're a talented side going forward as well. You know, you've you got Paulson going up there and, and you look at the way they, they swept through the group stages. And and you can't really cast aside what they've been through as well. You know, there's a lot of talk of how the Ericsson situation has inspired them. At the same time, it was a very harrowing experience for all players on that field. And for them to be able to pull together and, and after witnessing what they witnessed and to, you know, to recover in the way they have, I think it's been monumental. And, and yep, they're, they're a pressing team as well. They won't give England much time on the ball, and, and they will they will pile into England. So, if, of course, it's not an easy game by any means. I think England are the clear favourites, but no, Denmark will give everything, and, and they've got, I guess, that added bit of motivation and reason to give everything as well. Yeah. Do you think all the home nations are going to get behind England, as uh, as the press keeps asking? Well, I'm, I'm Welsh primarily, but I'm British as well. So I hope that they do well, especially, for, as I said, for Southgate. But I think we've talked enough about England, haven't we? Yeah, Yeah, so I think, you know, well, good luck to them. And I hope they do well. But if they don't, well, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But, but turning our attention to the other shaped ball, then, there was uh, Lions rugby action and Welsh rugby action. Where, Fraser, what, what do you want to tackle first? Well, two major issues coming out of Wales, really, wasn't it? Obviously, sickening blow for Lee Halfpenny. One of the great series of Welsh and Lions rugby in the last decade or so. And, and for his 100th cap to, to turn out like that was really put a doubt it. And, and it's a serious injury. I would question now, Halfpenny at 32, whether we'll see him in international shirt again if this injury is as serious as firstly is. Um, you know, overall, it was a good Welsh win over Canada and the Lions as well. Welsh interest there. Josh Adams scoring four tries. Gareth Davis, superb finish as well. And that's what he can do at Scrum Off. He's had his critics. He's had his critics on this show, you know, <laughs> if we put our hands up. But he has got that instinct about him. So, you know, 
It's gone well for the Lions so far. You know, it's, it's a tournament is very hard to gauge because you don't know what South Africa are going to bring. They've been out in action so for so long. But um, overall, it was a good weekend for them and for Warren Gatland. But for Wales, a good, a, a very good run out against Canada. But you know, tainted by that half penny blow. I feel. Yeah, and Bill, just thinking with these summer um, internationals that are taking place coinciding with the Lions tour is this less of a less impressive tournament for Wales the, the, these tests that are coming up with this two now with Argentina coming up as well is this just um, like a petri dish for Wayne Pivak to just tinker and see what's going on Tom it's, it's no secret I'm no great fan of these uh, summer competitions it's the summer it's cricket it gives him a chance to give players a run out mm. you could see the new players there some of them played very well they're going to sort of establish a, a, a sort of a place in the setup so so that's okay in the hierarchy um, but you know I don't, I don't like these games I, if you'd said to me on Saturday you a free ticket for Wales and Canada I'd have said oh I got a headache so that's all about it uh, same with Argentina who wants to see two matches against them blame me Charlie but with the Lions, uh, they played a weekend side. They played a side this one of the weaker provinces. This week they're playing South Sea Sharks on Wednesday. I think that's going to be a more of a test. It's quite interesting, as you said when we were chatting beforehand, that there's COVID uh, rearing its head in the mm. in the um, uh, South Africans' ranks again. It's rife in the country there. I'll just be glad when they're playing and enjoying it, hopefully with wins, and come home safely because it's... It's a terrible time for them out there, I'm sure. Interesting with Canada. Mind Rob Howley was back phrase as yes, one of the yeah. Canadian coaches, which is yes. quite interesting. I don't know how the crowd reacted to him. I hope the crowd showed him some sympathy and understanding. I'm sure they will, because Welsh crowds are normally like that. So uh, yeah, I you know I'm looking forward to the Lions matches. I really am. Um, but the, the actual internationals, these provincial games don't prove anything. He's trying a whole range. He's a canny lad. I think he's a great bloke, Warren Gatland. I don't like the name drop, but I've met him three times and interviewed him three times, and I could not have met a nicer guy. Yeah. Um, going back, you mentioned there about the Argentinians. That this is a team that drew against Australia and beat the All Blacks. So maybe they are going to be a bit of a challenge for these newcomers. I was surprised with how many Welsh players scored their first tries. There was a lot of debutants on that team. Same for England. They they were playing. I think there was eight or twelve new caps for for the England time that the England side that rolled out. And it it's going to be interesting to see who actually survives into the autumn now when 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 the eighteen comes back from the Lions, I suppose. Yeah, but we got summer internationals and the blinking autumn internationals, and we got all the Six Nations, which is what counts. In the end, all these players are going to be playing internationals and not playing for their clubs. I I just I don't I don't know a phrase. I think we never discussed it. What he thinks of these internationals to me is if in normal times it would be a fundraising thing for the WRU. My view. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I partially agree with Bill there. It, 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 it's, it's no secret that when you have these summer internationals, especially on a Lions tour year, they take on a lot of reduced significance and certainly reduced publicity. And I think that was reflected on Saturday. I think 8,000 tickets were up for grabs and only 6,500 were sold. But, you know, we shouldn't forget as well that these summer internationals also give a lot of opportunities for players. You, know, you look back to 2009, that Canada door, Sam Warburton got his debut in the summer tour when, when the Lions went to Africa. So did Jonathan Davis. We look at, you know, a great guest of ours who's been on the show, Jonathan Thomas. He got his chance on a, on a Welsh tour in the summer. Yeah, summer tours. I wouldn't argue with summer tours, race. Mm. I'm arguing with us watching them at home. 
This isn't the summer tour. These are summer home games. Oh, yeah, no, and I don't disagree with that. I don't think they have the same appeal. You know, it, it's not the time of year for rugby, and, and especially when it aligns to people's minds and focus, rugby fans is elsewhere. But I think they do serve a purpose, you know, and, and, and history shows. Like I said, Jonathan Thomas, Jonathan Davis, Sam Warburton, our, our very own, another one, Tal Selly, these are all people who've got their debut on those summer tours, you know. So it, it, it's hard to to drum up interest for them at the moment. I agree with that. And, and, and from the ROU point of view, you've got people still worried about COVID restrictions. And I, I think I think that was emphasised on Saturday. You had 8,000 tickets up for grad and, and they weren't able to sell more than 6,500. So to, to, to get the support for them it, is a very difficult at the moment mm-hmm. these times. But, um, you know, Wayne Peebac can certainly utilise them and you can certainly benefit from them. And it'll, be, it'll be two tough testings to Argentina. History shows Argentina are a good form in Cardiff. You know, let alone the rest of the world. So, it's it's it'll still be an interesting couple of weeks ahead, and and just to get players out there in a Welsh shirt, and, and like you said, a lot of debutants scoring tries inside, it would have, would have done them a lot of good if nothing else. I have to say though, I don't think it's anything to do with the COVID restrictions that they didn't sell all the tickets. I mean, if you had most uh, top international competitions at the moment, if you put those tickets up, you'd have to sell them time and time again. I think there's a lack of invest in it. I really do. Yeah. I think there's, there's also a price issue, Bill, if I'm honest. It's, it's extortionate to go to the, the principality. No, well, it's always the same with the Welsh Rugby Union. Every game. But it, it, it's a double-edged sword. You know, we, we, the WOU aren't, aren't blessed with money at the moment. They're not blessed with finances. And it is it is the prices of international tickets which unfortunately fund so much what goes on in Welsh Rugby. But, uh, and it's been obviously a difficult year financially for them as it has for everyone else. But, um, no, I agree Bill there. I think you put those prices out for non-significant games and, and you're not going to get big crowds. And, and unfortunately, uh, Tom, it is the acid test. If I said, you know, do you want a ticket for Wales and Argentina? I'll treat you to it. Do you want to go? What would you tell me? Come on. I, I, I'm a sucker for a free ticket. I'll be there in a flash. <laughs> <laughs> and can I, can I just round this off as well by saying to Fraser, you made a tactical error. That lovely picture behind, which I took, by the way, Tom. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. <laughs> The way you've placed that, I can see Paul Lewis, um, Jack Jones, Nigel Delaney, all the big boys in the back. The only one I can see is that little squirt sitting in the front. Grab it. As soon as I go to take a picture, he gets in the front. Guaranteed. Oh, I want to hear some yourself. line nights. Like, <laughs> there, there he is. There's, there's a lovely Mr. blue smiley. in the front. <laughs> Mr. Smiley. Next to the captain, where he belongs. <laughs> I love it. And then just quickly, Bill's already touched on it. It's going to be a tougher fight for the for the Lions, but Josh Adams definitely made a good yeah. show of himself. Luis Rees-Zamet also scoring within was it less than five minutes for the Lions. Yeah. We've got Liam Williams, uh, Ken Owens, and one other, my mind's gone blank, uh, playing on Wednesday night. Do you think that it's going to be the same tour de force? Or you've already said it's going to be a bit more of a challenge, Bill? I think it'll be a, a bit more of a challenge. I mean, the challenge at the moment is they're playing almost new teams every time. The wet the Lions, I mean. Gatlin's trying out his combinations. I mean, the back row out. Freeze, how is he going to pick a back row? Or the back row you got out there, they're immense. I don't know how he's going to pick them. So he's giving them all a run out to start, I think. Yeah, he's pretty These much... results don't matter in the long run. No, it's all about the test at the end, isn't it? Uh, nobody it's... cares if they win or lose. It's, it's nice if they win, but... Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what South Africa team actually turns up when they're, they're literally starting another period of isolation from today as well. Yeah. So uh, I, I wonder what, because what, they've barely played any rugby at all since since uh, no. since Triumph. So no, we know with George on Friday when they put some things together there, but they're, they're, they're going in so undercooked. It's a huge chance for the Lions if you look at it from that point of view with, with the amount of rugby they've had compared to their hosts. But um, we'll see. You see, never writes after all. Mm. 
We will. Well, thank you very much, chaps. We are going to take a couple of moments and we are then going to be joined by Phil Sadler of the Pembrokeshire Surf School. Um, and I'm very excited about this. Coming from Pembrokeshire, you see lots of images, grainy p- images from the 70s and 80s when surfing was very much what everyone did here. And I'm very interested to see what Phil's going to bring into, into surfing in the county at the moment. So if you have any questions, you can join us on Facebook or you can find us um, also on Twitter or you can email sport at purestradio.com if you have a question for Phil. We'll be back. You are listening to Pure Sport in association with G&G Builders. The power of radio. Bad weather. At the racetrack. In the shower. Oh, sorry. All things that never actually happened. While listening, you pictured them all, didn't you? You see, radio uses the theatre of the mind. It has a one-to-one connection with every person listening. So, if you want to get your business message across then there is really no more intimate, creative or cost-effective way than using radio. So to find out more about advertising on Pure West Radio, email studio at purewestradio.com. And we won't send our fire-breathing, water-boiling, toaster-popping crowd over to see you. Yeah, and once again, that's not real. Radio advertising. Try it today. Car trouble again? At O.C. Davis Roundabout Garage, Nayland, we like to keep it simple. Offering you service plans from just under £10 a month. From affordable used cars to 0% finance. Not to mention, nil advance payment on the mobility scheme. You can guarantee you'll get more for your money. Put the pedal to the metal and get the most out of your motor. Call 01646 600858 or go online to ocdavis.com. The Valero Community Update on Pure West Radio keeps you updated with the various projects Valero are supporting in Pembrokeshire, from sports clubs, schools, charities and musicians to members of staff from Valero who volunteer their time. We hear about the latest community projects Valero do to support our community on the last Wednesday of every month at 9.30am and 5.30pm, only on Pure West Radio. If you miss it, catch up on the podcast at purewestradio.com. The Valero Community Update. Ah, enemy ahead. Fire. Where? I can't see them. Right there. Fire. Oh, man, you missed again. You need to get your eyes tested. Nah, mate. I ain't got the cash for that. You're in college. You can get an eye test for free. Really? From where? I'm with Mags Optics. They're in the Riverside Arcade in Halford West. Sick. I'll check it out. Eye tests are free for children under 16 and those aged 16 to 18 who are in full-time education. Glasses up to £85 are free for students aged 18 and under with an NHS voucher. Call Paul, Tina and the team on 01437 767744 or go to magsoptics.co.uk to book an appointment. Mags Optics are the proud sponsors of The Gaming Show on Pure West Radio. This is Pure West Radio. Life goes on day after day Hearts torn in every way So ferry, cross the mercy Cause this land's the place I love And here I'll stay People, they rush everywhere 
with their own secret care. So ferry, cross the Mersey, and always take me there, the place I love. People around every corner, they seem to smile and say, We don't care what your name is, boy We'll never turn you away So I'll continue to say Here I always will stay So ferry, cross the mer Cause this land's the place I love And here I'll stay And here I'll stay Here I'll stay That was at Ferry Cross the Mersey, Jerry and the Pacemakers. Whee! One for Bill there. And uh, welcome back to Pure Sport in association with G&G Builders. We're live on Facebook, so please do join the conversation. And uh, we've we've had a comment, Bill, from Helen Marie. You could never turn down a rugby date with Bill. And you know what? I'm 100% in agreement with her. <laughs> but yeah, we not... haven't mentioned that your girlfriend <laughs> And she's not jealous one bit, so I've, I've got to no. keep her. Uh, and we're now joined by Phil Sadler from Pembrokeshire Surf School and Bill if you want to do the honours to provide a nice full introduction I'd be very grateful yeah I'd be chuffed to Phil thanks for coming on it's lovely to have you I tell you you guys and the people at home how I got to know Phil was just by chance when I had a phone call from a parent of a, a, a sporting family who I know very well who said to me writing articles for um, Pembrokeshire Sport, Sport, you must write about Phil Sadler. And I said, I don't know him. (laughs) And she said, he's doing such a wonderful job with my son, who has a disability. They're very open, but that's great. And I would like you, if you've got time to do it, I said, I would be delighted. I phoned Phil. We've had a couple of lovely chats. I've seen some amazing pictures of him, uh, you know, involved. And Phil, I love the almost sort of have van will travel because all your kids in a van and you pick the right beach for the youngsters to go on to, and other people as well, to go on to. Uh, whatever it suits best for them. You must be a very careful study of the timetables and the weather, yeah? That's right, yeah, yeah, you have to, uh, otherwise you end up putting people off because it's quite, you know, as you know, it's quite wild in Pembrokeshire at times. Uh, if you go to the wrong spot, then it, it, rather than encourage them, it quite often puts them off. Mm. I mean, I have to say, if you said to me, no, we're talking about freebies tonight, here's a freebie, you can have a free lesson with uh, Phil. Uh, I'm 74, but if you'd asked me at 24, I'd still have said, <laughs> Uh, no, thank you. It's too dodgy for me. I hate not a swimmer, really. I hate the sea. Um, are, are you good at getting people who are that nervous, like me, to, to sort of get started? Oh, well, I'd like to think so, yeah. I mean, I might encourage you to just catch waves on your belly first, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of good surfing comes from getting that bit right and being in control. And Some people focus too much on trying to get to their feet and forgetting that you've you've got to be in control first, lying down, you know. So Mm. that's the basis. Uh, Well, you'd have no chance with me. But the other thing I would fail with, we ought to make it clear, perhaps, people who come to you have to be 
reasonably uh, decent swimmers, there's a minimum requirement for, for being a swimmer, yeah. That's right, yeah. I mean, a, a few people have asked if they could come as a non-swimmer, and I, I always say no, because, it, you know, mm. even though theoretically I could keep them safe, because I'm a lifeguard as well as an instructor, um, it, it's kind of, if you can't swim, really, to be honest, you know, you're, all that's going to happen is you're going to scare yourself um, and make it hard for other people in their lesson as well, so it's kind of not fair on the other people in the lesson. Well. Uh, yeah, yeah, good point. It's it's surfing a sport where now, perhaps in the last five years, almost last decade more so than ever, that it's 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 on the up in terms of youngsters are now more exposed to it. It's now an Olympic sport. It's televised more. Obviously, there have been a couple of parties in the last couple of decades. You've got Kelly Slater, people like that. Do you think it's getting increased exposure and more youngsters getting involved in it because of that? I, I think so, yeah, definitely. Yes, you're right, saying it's going into the Olympics um, this year, so that that will be amazing, and I think it'll do a lot of good for the sport because they're generally when when a new sport gets into the Olympics, as you know, they generally they'll get really really good uh, ex pros or whatever to be the commentators, and they do a really good job of explaining how it's judged to to the general public. Because um, one of the things that's difficult in surfing is is for people to understand how it's judged. E- even very good surfers that I that I work with, sometimes they can't tell which is a better wave than than the previous one, mm-hmm. um, and because it's everything happens so fast, you know, and the and the playground moves itself, so it's it's very hard to to see which which wave was a, a better ride from one person to the next. Yeah, I only wanted to ask what the etiquette is. You're a qualified um, judge. So you go along and, and give these marks out of 10 on uh, different things that you're looking for. Do you ever encounter, uh, if it's youngsters, parents or husbands or wives or partners and people who come up to you and say, that's a load of tosh? Uh, not too often. Most people are pretty good, actually. Yeah. Um, and the way that surfing's judged, you know, generally there's, there's between three and five judges, depending on how uh, important the contest is. Um, and then the scores are averaged from the from all the judges there to give a fair score for each person's ride. Um, so it's it's generally pretty good. And and then if anyone does get a little bit upset, quite often it's because they don't fully understand what what's a better ride. Uh, so and that that's the tricky bit, really. So again, as I was saying, it when it gets on the Olympics, I think they'll do a really good job of explaining why one person's wave scores higher than another. Mm. And because it's, it's quite difficult. What are the main misconceptions you have to deal with that people come into surf? Because there's, yeah, I, I remember I, I did a bit as a youngster, but I, I think it's called bodyboarding. I, I lie down on the board and I hope to catch a wave, and I, I definitely <laughs> didn't get on my feet. But in, in terms of the training and things, obviously, there's so much more to it than being able to spring to your feet and, and catch a wave. What, what other training and other kind of fitness aspects have to go into it? Um. It's kind of how you train as well. So as well as obviously, like like you said, just being very fit and strong and having good balance. Um, so a lot of skaters can be very good surfers as well, just because they're in the same body position and stance, and their and their body's used to doing that that same kind of sideways movement. Um, wakeboarders as well. So any of those kind of board sports, they're, they're going to help. Um, but with surfing, one of the things that a lot of people forget is that you, you've got to get a high quantity of waves. Um, so contest surfers tend to be very good at that because they've been coached and they realise that in a very you know in a twenty minute heat, which is not very long, they've got to get as many rides as possible to kind of impress the judges and, and have a chance of winning. Whereas surfers who haven't ever done contests or, or maybe not interested in it, 
quite often don't realise that to improve their surfing, they, they need to get a high quantity of rides just to practice the manoeuvres. Whereas often you're in a very beautiful place, like, you know, in Pembrokeshire National Park, for example. You, mm. So you're in a lovely location and quite often you're in there to kind of, um, to just enjoy the location. You know, if it's a beautiful sunny day and you forget to that, actually I'm here to train and I need to get a lot of rides rather than maybe two really nice ones on a, on a lovely sunny evening. Mm-hmm. And with uh, surfing, there's, we've had some beautiful swell over Newgill over the past couple of weekends, and I've been doing doing my rounds. What are the, the key kind of elements? So you're a complete novice, you're watching a surfer. What are the key elements that a surfer needs to do? There's the paddle out, there's there's the drop-in, which a lot of people take for granted on a, on a surfboard as well, and that's what sees yeah. them falling off the front. Um, oh. And and what, what is it What is it that the judges are looking for? Uh, so when we come to the Olympics now. Yeah, so they're, they're looking for long rides, in control um, and manoeuvres on, on the wave where the where it's most risky. So generally speaking, you know, you can have two surfers that get similar similar rides and if they do the same number of manoeuvres, the one that will get the highest score will be the ones that kind of puts the most risk involved. So if they're, if they're doing the manoeuvre where the wave's most critical like that and, and then and still landing it and then carrying on riding in control, the, the judges will award them with a higher score for that because they're risking more they're risking falling off essentially and, and but then still making it and then they're going to get rewarded with a higher score for for the higher risk essentially amazing bill yeah uh, you know obviously Bill, not from this parish originally um <laughs> you spotted you know, i know you're from the south of, of england uh, how tell us i know listeners how did you get started you must have been fairly close to sea how did you get started um, I started with a few mates actually. Um, originally on the south coast near Brighton, but we—it was actually coming to Wales that kind of inspired me. Actually, before I lived here, um, I kind of went to the Gower and then came to the Pembrokeshire and met some lads um, on a surf trip in the Canaries. And there were local lads from Pembroke, um, and then I kind of got to know them. Came down here, realised it was a pretty amazing place. That's in, that's kind of what got me into it really. So it was a little bit of uh, the travel. I quite like the danger of it as well because a lot of the spots you surf in reefs rather than the nice safe beach breaks. Um, and I, at the time, I kind of quite liked the, the element of danger involved rather, rather than being super safe. And with those the sort of liking the, the, the danger elements, I mean, it'd also be interesting for our listeners to know the other things because you grew up places like Tour of Ireland and other places, but not just with surfing. No, I, I, my background was was teaching outdoor education for mainly for children, you know, on residential holidays. So um, I did have a lot of rock climbing, canoeing, sea kayaking, co-steering, surfing always as well. Um, but I taught all of them and kind of learned a lot of transferable skills, which I guess helped me to to coach things more effectively and made made me a better coach in the long run. I, I think. Mm-hmm. I've got to ask. I'm going to put you on the spot now. I know the answer to this. Obviously, I'm from St. David's. It's White Sands, but um, so we'll, discount, we're, we'll discount White Sands. We won't include that. What, what of all the beaches in Pembroke? What is the best one for, for surfers to, to go to and develop and, and progress? Through? I told you there'd be no tricky questions. <laughs> well, I've, I've removed the tricky. Bit. He knows the answer, but I'm asking. <laughs> Yeah, well, clearly it's white sand. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I think it, the main thing is it depends on the level you are, actually. Um, so White Sands, Broadhaven North, um, Newgale, that, those beaches are particularly good for kind of beginners up to intermediate mm. surfers. Um, white Sands at certain tides can be better for kind of intermediate plus surfers. 
and then places like Freshwater West, Broadhaven sure. South, in the south of the county, they're, they're definitely better for kind of intermediate plus, not really for beginners. Mm. Um, so, you know, obviously anyone can surf anywhere, but if you if you want to, to progress more quickly, it actually helps you generally to surf in small waves that are quite friendly when you start out until, you're, until you've got the hang of it. And then obviously yeah. you can push yourself a little bit and go into the bigger stuff. And sure. then, uh, oh, you go, Fraser. Go, Tom. <laughs> Go on, Fraser. No, go away. <laughs> I was going to say about the science of, of surfing as well. Those smaller waves, they a lot of people, they, they watch TV, they see the Kelly Slaters going around and their tiny little surfboards catching the waves really, really quickly. But actually, if you're a beginner, it's actually a bit more beneficial to get a longer board. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, a longer board. And it's not, not just for beginners, actually. I mean, a longer board, very simply, provides you with more paddle speed. So it, it's, uh, it's longer and more buoyant. So therefore, when you paddle, you just go faster. And if you paddle fast, you can get out more quickly and you can also catch a wave more easily because um, your your paddle speed is close to matching the speed of the waves coming in. Um, and then after that, you can go smaller based on your, your skill, but generally a lot of that comes down to how fit you are and how, how efficient your paddling is. So if you're someone who's very, very, uh, very strong swimmer in that kind of front crawl stroke particularly, then you can quite often go onto a smaller board quite quickly. But if you try to go onto a small board and just copy someone else, you know, right when you're beginning, um, quite often you you go backwards for, for a few years until you realise that it hasn't actually helped you at all. Mm. Phil, you, uh, can I just say, Tom, you're a bit of a dark horse. I'm very impressed by your knowledge of surfing. <laughs> I could see you as a beach bum, but there we are. Phil, <laughs> yeah, what I want is, no, we've talked about you, you coaching youngsters and coaching people with disabilities. You, you're also very rightly proud of the fact that you've coached some people in, into a higher level where they're swimming for, uh, surfing for um, Wales or the UK, yeah? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, so I've, I coach everyone, you know, from complete beginners, um, adults, kids, uh, but there's a handful of kind of up to elite surfers I've coached as well, which, as you say, I'm quite proud of. A couple of them have done very well. Um, Seth Morris uh, was Welsh, English and British champion in, in the junior categories. He's just kind of um, in the men's now, in, in the men's category during during COVID, so it's been difficult for him to because all the contests stopped pretty much, but he's probably one of Pembroke's best surfers along with Harry Cromwell. Uh, I haven't coached Harry Cromwell, but he is a exceptional surfer from Pembroke as well. Um, and Ryan Thomas is another very good surfer I've yeah. been doing a bit of training with. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been helping a lot of those guys for some of them for a very long time, um, which is just really good fun, you know, because they're mm-hmm. super skilled. Yeah. And th- th- there is a competition coming up soon, isn't there? Or is it, has it just been? There's, um, was there Lantwit major? Ah, uh, yeah. So the, the the Welsh Nationals was supposed to be at, at Lantwit this weekend, just gone, but they postponed it because the surf wasn't quite good enough. Um, so I think it may be in autumn now, potentially, potentially back at Freshwater West if uh, if it's allowed. Oh, fantastic. I'll definitely keep my eyes on that one. And uh, Bill just made a reference there to, to Beach Bum, and I, I take that as a compliment because I very much... Yeah. I, I, I'm from Broadhaven. I am I am a, self, a self-professed self Beach Bum. I grew up in that culture of skate and surf. And um, I've done some reading on it more recently through different podcasts and whatnot that um, elite kind of business people are taking to the sea and to the water and using their surfboards as a time for mental health breaks because they literally can't do anything else when they're on, on the waves. And something to do with peripheral vision that just completely relaxes and calms you whilst also being on an open body of water, which is already good for you. Um, is this something that you've come across personally or any of the people that you're training, they just feel that 
that sense of overwhelming relaxation when they're on the water oh def- definitely yeah i mean it, i think it's a different uh, feeling for everyone isn't there but um i think that that definitely applies i mean lo- lots of businesses are actually specifically being referred from uh, from doctors actually it's actually being used as far as i know for for people to help um, certain mental conditions um i know a friend of mine uh, kwami who runs walking on water surf school he, he's got a lot of people coming his way um, specifically to help them out through, through a charity called tonic and you know he does an amazing job so um yeah it's, it's it's i think it's actually proven as far as i know by very clever doctor type people um so yeah fantastic and uh, who, uh, do you know much about the olympic hopefuls uh, who would you put you who would you put your name on um i don't i don't think we've got any from the uk now i think there's no more chance for anyone to qualify harry cromwell was the last person to he came to nearly qualify yeah he did all right fair play yeah. to him he was off to um, salvador he, he had a nice he had a nice break away from it at least <laughs> yeah yeah well he's a bit of a local legend so fair play i think he did really well there you know so some of the guys got behind him so that's, that's great um so i don't know about from the uk now but um there's there's a lot the standard of surfing is going up definitely there's a lot of surf schools doing a good job there's quite a few high you know higher level coaches around as well and people are i think the surfing world a little bit is starting to it's getting a bit more mature and people the coaches are getting a little bit more skilled and they're able to do things a bit more like you know the guys at the high level in kind of football and rugby they're starting to realize that you can't necessarily just do everything yourself and you've got to have a long-term plan a little bit got a mix kind of water stuff with with skating you've got to mix it with the gym you, you know you need to do it properly and if you do that you can you can do really really well yeah and just to reiterate you're not fixed to any beach in Pembrokeshire you've got your van and your equipment to go with you if people want to know more and have, want to have a lesson with you how, how can they find you um they can look at pembrokeshiresurfschool.co.uk um I'm, I'm also on instagram so it's at pembrokeshiresurfschool on instagram uh, facebook twitter um, I don't use Twitter much, to be fair. Um, but there, yeah, my account's there. You're welcome to come and give me a shout, and I'll be happy to take you out. Fantastic. Any closing remarks, Fraser? Oh, just, uh, just you know, wish all the best. Don't keep doing it. It's a, it's a growing sport, and mm. you know, yeah, yeah. look forward to seeing progressing. And I think in, in this age now, where I think sport is becoming more diverse, I think youngsters are looking at, at different opportunities. We, we've moved away, I think, from just the, the rugby, football, cricket core, and we to more individual sports and I think surfing will continue to grow in Pembrokeshire and Phil we wish you all the best with helping do that yeah. thank you very much amazing ending from yeah. you Bill no we got the natural resources as you said we've got the beaches and we've got people like you who are going to be here so it's brilliant so we wish you every success Phil and uh Keep up the good work, man. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Bill. So, thank I thought you were going to ask for a lesson then, Bill. <laughs> no, no. Well, you've already done surfing. This guy, Tom, I, uh, Phil, i got to tell you, I he's probably taking part in about 400 different sports if I listen to him. <laughs> I, I, I can get one. I can get one up on Fraser. I've, I've, I can stand on a board. Come on! Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> thank you, Phil, yeah. so much for your time yeah, this brilliant, evening. Brilliant, Phil. Thank you. Yeah, thank, you thank, thank you. Nice so to much. chat to you, Phil. Um, when we come back, we're going to have Sean Hannon joining us on Pure Sport, talking about what they got up to um, yesterday. In fact, on the National Villages Cup and what they've decided to do after the rain came in and spoiled the party. So uh, keep with us. We're going to have a little bit of John Legend and all of me. In the meantime. You're listening to Pure West Sport. If I'm going out on my new paddleboard, the last thing I'm taking is my phone, right? Buoyancy aid, fine. But mobile? My whole life's on that phone. Why would I risk losing it in the... Coast Guard, help! Okay, help's on its way. Whoa! 
my hand. Phone. In a waterproof pouch. It's the first thing I pack now. In an emergency at the coast, call 999 and ask for the Coast Guard. And please, respect the water. Wherever you're driving to this summer... How long do we get there? You need the perfect in-car soundtrack. Are we there yet? So take all your favourite digital radio stations and podcasts with you on the road and don't miss a thing this summer. It's easy to connect your smartphone to your car stereo via Bluetooth or aux in to listen on your favourite station app or radio app. Find out more at getdigitalradio.com. <laughs> Love Radio. Go digital. Get more for your money at O.C. Davis Roundabout Garage, Nayland. The MG dealer for Pembrokeshire. Adventure awaits with 0% APR across the MG range, including the MG HS, the new MG ZS and MG3. Feel the power of electric motoring with zero advance payment on the mobility scheme. And as a thank you to our key workers, you can enjoy a contribution of up to £8,500. Don't forget, all new MGs come with a seven-year warranty as standard. For more information, go online to www.ocdavis.com or call 01646 600858. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Pembrokeshire Vision Arts Wales, a brand new creative hub in Haverford West. Playing host to a youth and amateur theatre company, a show-stopping choir and a multitude of masterclasses from Broadway and West End talent calling all actors, singers, dancers and those who want to bring the West End to Wales. Vision Arts has the spotlight and the curtain is about to rise. Ready to take centre stage? Visit visionartswales.com This is Pure West Radio. Smart mouth drawing me in and you kicking me out. You got my head spinning. No kidding, I can't pin you down. What's going on in that beautiful mind? I'm on your magical mystery ride, and I'm so dizzy. Don't know what hit me, but I'll be alright. My head. Times do I have to tell you? Even when you're crying, you're beautiful too. The world is beating you down. I'm around through every mood. You're my 
shine my rhythm and blues I can't stop singing It's ringing in my head for you My head's underwater But I'm breathing fine You're crazy and I'm out of my mind Cause all Give your to me Welcome back to Pure West Sport. That was John Legend with all of me. And we are joined now by Sean Hannon, who played cricket nowhere near Pembrokeshire yesterday. Fraser, do you want to do the honours and introduce Sean for us? Yeah, we'll do well. Sean's already well known for this show. He's seen Ailing captain. British Cup big game yesterday, went to Mansfield. Sean, great frustration, I suppose it was, when you were three overs away from, um, from getting a, what would have qualified for Duckworth Lewis. I think you only needed nine runs. Travel that far and and not get over the line when it was there in front of you. That must be quite demoralising. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we all made the big effort to go up there, um, and I mean, th- thankfully the the boys we travelled strong. You know, we we had a very strong team going up, um, so it's credit to all the boys there. Um, but yeah, having made all that effort, you know, um, the majority of us went up on the Saturday night and stayed halfway just to help with the with the distance, and especially the the trip home as well. Um, but there were still a couple of cars that were going up direct on the on the morning. So to make all that effort, um, or as, as it turns out, if we'd have carried on playing for as much as 10 or 12 minutes, we would have fitted in the, the three overs necessary to constitute a game, uh, which would have actually been um, on net run rate. So uh, we had it all sort of worked out. We know where we needed to be type, type of thing. So as it turns out, Ashley did raise the tempo for the... Mm-hmm or overs just prior to that um, in preparation. So we knew exactly what was needed. 
Um, but then the umpires deemed us it, it, uh, a bit too wet to carry on, so they took us off the field. Um, I think they, they did think it was only a passing shower, um, and it, it come down a lot heavier later on. Um, it wasn't that heavy when we first went off, mm. uh, although it was raining. Um, but, um, Marilyn's put my hat away. <laughs> are, you on a bouncy, are you on a bouncy chair there? Um, yeah, I am. You're making me seasick. Yeah, sure. And I, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that you lose sight of obviously what's in front of you locally. Yeah, um, you, you're still in the, the real battle for the Division One title. Are any only a couple of points off you? Obviously, got, still in the Harrison Allen and so on. But but those are competitions you you won before, and I dare say you'll go all out to win them again this year. But is is for you and as a club now the next step in this legacy? Is it success? At a bigger level, and I'm talking a Welsh Cup or a UK Village Cup, and so on, because that, that's perhaps the one thing missing from, from the monumental amount you have achieved in the last few years. Yeah, I, I mean, we've had a lot of success locally, as, as you know, mm. um, but it's, it's about keeping boys interested as well. You know, um, yeah. I'm not saying that the boys are getting bored of winning um, cups locally because uh, you know we we love winning and we love winning yeah. this trophy. <laughs> not them, mate. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not too bad you win uh, any of the local cup competitions. Um, but you know, whilst we're going through this sort of um, golden generation of Nayland players, if you like, um, or the Nayland team, um, we might as well try and try and see what we can achieve um, whilst we can. You know, if we wait another five years, um, perhaps some of us will be retired off. So it's we're at the right moment to actually test ourselves. I think so. Sure. We'll see how we go. I think. Yeah, not expecting anything great, but yeah, see how far we go. And we had a little little tester in 2018, getting to the Welsh Cup final, of course. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah. We were a bit under strength going Finish into that final. Game yesterday. We just got a big game yesterday. Oh. Um, and Sean, the the match got rained off yesterday, so you had two options, didn't you? To either is it bowl bowl for the stumps or to to bring it home, and you've opted to 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 make them travel. Is there is, is there a bit of gamesmanship involved there? <laughs> uh, well, it wasn't down to me. I mean, the 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 rules. Obviously, the Village Cup has been going on for fifty years now, so there's a lot of rules written in there um, for events like yeah situations like this. Um, and the way it's ruled, it, it's worded, you know, if you don't get to the 20 overs, it is a replay at the opposing club's um, ground, you know, so that is it. Um, there is obviously an addition to that. Uh, alternatively, if both captains do agree a bowl off, um, then a bowl off can take place. Um, but, you know, uh, to make all that effort going up there, we didn't really want to leave it down for the lottery. Off no, the no. Um, you know, to, to credit to James, their captain, you know, that wasn't even suggested. Um, it, it was like, it, you know, the umpires called us both in after an hour and a half of, of torrential rain, I suppose, um, and said, look, there's no way we can get out there safely. So we have to call it off. And that's when they started uh, trying to make arrangements for some accommodation in, in Pembrokeshire. In Pembrokeshire in July. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic! And um, you were you were confident that you were going to finish that match with with the win, bringing it back to your own turf. Is it just the same as same as last week, or same as yesterday? Yeah. I, I mean, cricket's a funny game, as you know. But uh, on the day, um, I, I thought we were the better side. Um, probably the scoreline suggested that as well. Um, next Sunday is another different day, you know. Um, we were fortunate enough, we got their two openers out very early on, um, so we didn't really get to see what their two opening bats were like. 
Uh, if that don't happen next week, who knows? They you know they could have went on to score a lot of runs. Um, they were also missing um, their leading run scorer as well last Sunday, which was fortunate for us. Um, you know, if he travels with them as well, it might boost them. Um, on the flip side of that, we were missing Patrick Bellaby, yeah. who's such a player for us as well. You know, so we're going to be we're going to be strong. Um, home advantage is quite key in these competitions, so we'll give it our best go. But uh, we, we'll be you know fairly. We got to be fairly confident after after yesterday's performance. Yeah. Bill, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say to Sean, A is well done, but B, it does show the determination and commitment in the team, Sean, because you know if you win this one, you'll have an even longer haul on the next uh, round. Because that's the way things are at the moment. We seem to be doomed down here, and I see George Evans was just on there saying that he was watching. So he typifies what's right with you guys because. He isn't in the team every week, but if Patrick Bellaby's not, anybody else, if you want a bowl, he'll go with you keep a, He's a bit like Fraser and Clan Ryan, really. He's he's always vital. there with total commitment. Yeah, vital they are. You are right. You are. So yeah, well done to George. But I mean you you go wherever you takes you go, won't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, the the draw for the next round is already out, and uh, I think it, um, I'm Clipstone's probably got the added incentive. The winners of our game now um, has to travel half an hour away from Clipstone, so <laughs> we've got another long journey if we win, and they've got a short journey if they win. So, yeah. it's yeah. of an incentive for them because they know, you know if if they make the trip to us this Sunday and win, they've got a short trip for the quarterfinals. So they, you know, it's probably given them a bit of impetus there. But uh, George Evans has been a, a fantastic club when he actually played for us yesterday um, and he performed well for us at batting as well on Saturday. So, yeah. I mean, I'd hold that thought about George Evans. He just commented here, Sean, show us your new haircut and, and take your hat off. And, and see yeah. What, see where the <laughs> blow to. Didn't your mother um, tell you about that? I've got to put it on the spot here, though, Sean. You could have had a bowl off yesterday. Now, you know, if I'd been in that situation, it was a bowl off. I know where I'd have been. I'd have been in my car on the M4 halfway back to St. David's. But if you were on the spot, you had your five bowlers. Who was? Who were you putting forward? Uh, well, <laughs> it's all eleven bowlers. Everyone's got a bowl phrase. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm still have been on the M4 back, Bill. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, in the Village Cup rules, um, it's not a normal bowl off. All eleven bowls, one ball, and you just get a point for hitting, regardless if it bounces or not. It's not a normal bowl off. Um, but I mean, if if you ask the questions, if I was pushed, if it was a genuine bowl off, and I was to pick five, um, Ross Hardy was got to be up there. Um, my brother Patrick, um, Nathan Barner would have been one. Brad McDermott would have been one. Um, and I gotta say it, Greg Miller was probably going to be the other one. Uh, he was Rock. he was in the team, and he, he's forever telling me how straight he can bowl. So uh, I would have backed him, I think. Yeah, Ross Hardy's listening now to all that clap crap you give in there. Can I just <laughs> as well before we go pay tribute not only to the players' commitment, but the backroom staff you've got. John Lan is close to eighty now. Um, he uh, is there. Scoring, he scored for you on Saturday on his fifty-fourth wedding anniversary, and left to go up to Clipstone that evening as well. But you've also got Peter Davis, Martin Jones as backroom staff. Those guys are supreme, aren't they? Uh, fantastic. We, we, yeah, we we got great support there. Um, Jack has been fantastic all 